The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. If you can believe it, show 891 for Monday, September 20th, 2021. Welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your questions, your tips, and your cool stuff found. We mash them all together into an agenda. We bring our own tips and cool stuff found, and sometimes, quite frankly, even our own questions, because the goal is for each and every one of us, me and him and him, to learn, and you, of course, all of us. But I meant the three of us here when I'm saying me and him and him, right? The, the, yeah. The goal is for all of us, each and every one of us, to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include Cashfly at Mac.Cashfly.com. Of course, Cashfly is the company that uh, provides the bandwidth to bring this show from us to you, especially the audio version. So we love Cashfly. We'll talk a little bit more about that later here in the episode. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fearful, Connecticut... This is John F. Braun, but wait, there's more. And here in the best looking recording studio room in Durham, New Hampshire, is Pilot Pete. Pilot Pete. Yeah. That's, man, yeah. I, I, we were just talking. It's been certainly a pandemic two years. since you've been here, yeah. but, but even more than that. 22, 23 months since I've been here. Yeah, because uh, I was doing union chairman stuff, yeah. and that kept me unbelievably uh-huh. busy and yeah. and all that. But So yeah, if you'll indulge me for about 15 seconds then, Dave, I want to sure. say to the listeners of the Mac Geek Gab, um, thank you. You guys have kept me uh, included through your shows, your letters, your emails, and all that. You've always included me over these. La- I have not been forgotten. And you have I'm, not. I, it's amazing to me that how how much I've been included. So thank you. It's it's uh, humbling, a humbling experience. I I, I love it yeah. when we get emails that say to Dave John and John and hopefully Pilot Pete. Yeah. Right. Like it, for those of you though that don't know, um, there are new listeners. Since th- there are listeners that have joined in the last two years. Believe it or not. Yeah. yeah so Pete is a um, Pete lives local to me. Pete is actually here in my studio in in Durham, New Hampshire. Uh, although obviously that's not necessary because John is not, and we're we've been doing this no problem for sixteen and a half years. But Pete is a, a neighbor and a friend and a Mac Geekab listener, and you were here, Pete. Before we had a live stream yes, and before we had a chat room. And so for a long time, especially when your schedule permitted you to be here most often, uh, Pete played the role of. I was the stupid questioner. Well, you know, you. There are no stupid questions. There's only stupid questioners. (laughs) Well, and I was he fair. Yeah. No, but Pete played that role of of. Of insu- Wait a minute, you're a little ahead of me. Here. You're ahead yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah. guys, yeah. catch me up here. Yeah. You you know, you glossed over a thing. Yeah. Rewind a little bit. So it was that real-time feedback um, that is invaluable. And and of course, those of you that join the chat room every week at live.makeekip.com know this and know how valuable that is to us and know how much we prioritize it. So, yeah, Pete was the OG. So before there was feedback at com, I was feedback at MacGeekGab. I mean, I think feedback at <laughs> MacGeekGab.com predated you, but yeah. but yes. <laughs> you were, okay. Did I hear you right? Did you say feedback? 
at MacGeekGab.com? We said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Yeah, that's how we uh, that's how we hear from everybody here. So, yeah, it's um, it's great and, to have you. And, yeah, and yeah, it's back. just been thrilled. I've been thrilled to be included so many times. So thank you to everybody. And and uh, well, it, thanks for having me back. Of course, it's man. Fun to be here. And let's let's not make this. Let's not let it go no. another two years. Let's not even let it go another two months. There you go. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, we have the technology to include yeah. you wherever you are if you're available. Well, so. that'll be fun because uh, yeah. I do a lot more world traveling now than I was doing two years ago. And, there you uh, go. You know, yeah. I switched airplanes and yeah. that's all I do. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. That's right. Yeah. You're on You're on a, a, the 7-7 the now? I'm on the Boeing 777 now. Ah, yeah, okay. So mostly long haul. Um, fun? Although funny... <laughs> So a lot of last month, my international flying consists consisted of uh, all the way from uh, uh, Liège, Belgium, to Paris, France, 170 miles nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is so, international yeah, if your home is ab- here in in New Hampshire. Absolutely, so, yeah. But we also go from Osaka to Paris. Sure, so, yeah, you know, of course, that's a so couple cool. more hours. <laughs> so yeah, a few more hours. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you got you know you got to. You got to earn the money to buy the new gear all there the time. You go, right? So speaking yeah. of, we record this uh, as many of you know ahead of time. So this episode comes out, and it is the episode for Monday of uh, September twentieth. But uh, we were, are recording this on the morning of September seventeenth, mere hours after pre-orders for the new iPhones have gone into effect. Pete, did you order anything? I haven't ordered anything okay. yet, but I, that. <sighs> I'm only nine months into my 12 Pro Max, yeah. which I am loving the cameras on that thing. Oh, my goodness. If yeah. I gotten some amazing shots in the air. and Yeah. I took a shot of Santorini Greece from 30 miles away week before last, and you can pick out the white buildings on the top of the Volcano Ridge. And, yeah, it is it is wild. And then the night shots, yep. uh, the the aurora borealis coming across the North Atlantic. I, is, I you pilots that post pictures of the northern lights, yeah. like it's like, oh yeah, that's this beautiful thing I see all the time because it's this beautiful thing you see all the time. It yeah. it is a little bit frustrating for those yeah. of us plebeians that that live mostly with our feet on terra firma. I get it. And if you'll indulge me one more time, quick funny story about being a. A pilot in the northern. This show's going to go off so the rails. I know it folks. is, and I'll, I promise to do this quickly. But so I'm, I'm a brand new first officer in the MD11. This is, hundred uh, years ago. Yeah, sixteen years ago, something like that. We're traveling across the North Atlantic back to Memphis, and it's a beautiful night, and the northern lights are like I have never seen before in my life, and I'd seen them before. But sure, they were amazing. But I'm brand new to this airplane, and the captain is back in the back on his rest break asleep, and the relief first officer is in the captain's chair, and he's like, oh, this is amazing. So we turn down all the lights in the airplane, as dark as we can get it, so we can enjoy the show. And after about five minutes, we go, all right, you know, we've had our fun, but it's time to actually, you know, make sure that our 500,000-pound piece of aluminum is where we want it to be. Yeah, you haven't drifted off course somehow. Yeah, so... Reach down and, and turn up, and it's all, this is an MD-11, it was an all-glass cockpit, and reach down and turn the lights on, and they are black. Nothing's, <gasps> none of the instruments come back up. Uh-oh. And, dude, let me tell you, adrenaline to the heart. <laughs> I think we've, we've all yeah. been there with our computers where oh, we've yeah. messed with things, yeah. but... But that's a little bit different. Now we got to go tell the captain we're out over the middle of the North Atlantic at night with two little peanut gyros that are about as big as, uh, you know, three, four inches across. I'm sorry to wake you, and, sir. Yeah, and no <laughs> navigational equipment. All we've got is a radio, and, and the INSs or the INUs are still working, but it, it we're like, oh, my God. And then 
about the time I'm getting ready to unbuckle, they start fading in. I had forgotten they were CRTs, cathode ray oh. tubes. They were not LED instant on. So they had gone down, cooled off, turned them back on. It took a minute. You know, the captain may have been asleep, but the two of you were wide Didn't awake at that the rest moment. Of that flight, That's man. right. I had an adrenaline shot to keep me going. So, so John, did you order anything new, <laughs> Sorry. my friend, since we last spoke? <clears throat> it's a binary question. No. Okay. <laughs> Are you considering well, ordering anything new? Considering the thirteen mini, maybe. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of... I mean, we talked about it earlier, and yeah. the thing is, I mean, there's not a heck of a lot that's, like, super, super advanced past what I have. It's, you know, incremental. I mean, you know, the screen's brighter and, and, you know, processor's faster and all that stuff. Incremental, but. not evolutionary. I, yeah, and very yeah. incremental at best. I mean, we, yeah. we did. We talked about this in 890, but uh, I, I agree with you guys. I, like, the, if it weren't for this like my the job that we have here i i really don't think i would have ordered uh, phones this morning um uh, you know i did order that ipad mini as soon as we finished on tuesday and that should be here Mm -hmm. on on uh on the 24th so uh, happy birthday to me and then uh because that ipad mini is like for those of us that are ipad mini people the ipad mini is friggin' amazing like that, yeah. that evolution I, of it is, that's a big leap forward. For I will device. probably get one of those two for the airplane yeah. for, uh, yeah. for, for my own airplane, not for work. I can, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 8.3 inch screen. It's like, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I did this morning order a 13 mini John for me and a, um, uh, 13 pro for Lisa. She didn't want the mini size and I figured it'd be good to have the, you know, the, the pro cameras in the house so that I have the ability to test them and things like that. So, uh, and she was on an 11 pro, so it's, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. she, she it's was sort time. of the, the, what's that? It's time. It's time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It yeah. was time. Uh, so I've got those all coming on the, on the 24th, but um, I, you know, I was going to trade my phone in with Apple. Uh, I went through that and, uh, declutter, uh, D E C L U T T R. For those of you that don't know about declutter, uh, had prices that were probably 15% above Apple. Oh, wow. I wish I'd have known about that. Yeah. So I opted not to. Now there's two reasons for that. Number one is, is exactly what I said. The other is I get the full tax deduction on the full amount of the iPhone as opposed to just the Delta amount of the iPhone. Sure. Now, of yeah. course my accountant will then take the money I get from declutter and apply that as, uh, you know, Re- recouped, recouped yeah. things. <laughs> but you know, I, I like to look at it and say, yeah, I'm getting the full tax deduction. And then, and then maybe the recouped thing, maybe, you know, there's a depreciation magic that can be done. I don't know. I yeah. let my accountant do all that stuff. So I just two months ago bought Debbie the 12th for, for a yep. birthday, so yeah. I wish I'd have known about declutter. So, yeah. oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, it's a, it. I've I've not. I can't remember if I've used them before. I've I've priced things on declutter many times before, yeah. but I don't know that I've used. I, I don't know that I've actually made it there. I it, it like usually we have things that cascade downward in the house here, but mm-hmm. now that I'm on the, the the mini phones, there's no one in the house that wants them that thinks right. they want them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and if you again, if you'll indulge me one quickly, is the uh, uh, well, I didn't order new this time. I do have some new Apple gear in the house, Uh-oh. and and that is the AirTags. Boy, are those cool pieces of gear! I just yep. thought, you know, I've got the tile. I'm not, eh, 
but boy, they are amazing. Um, down Agreed. to, yeah, here's the arrow, here's where they are. It's you're within inches of it. And, um, and the fact that somebody doesn't have to be running an app in the background to get you to your gear. That That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I, 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 already and we've talked about this here but yeah. i already see that people are like, like my devices are more easily found with air tags than they were with tile yes yeah. and that's and sometimes after, and sometimes tile won't connect and you're like what's going well but on? there's just not like the network of yeah. people that are running the tile yeah. app i think john i mean have you found you've got a bunch of air tags and and the chipola one like are you finding the same thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's like it's it's as good as a GPS, I, um, in a city, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. In an area where there's a lot of people with eye devices. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Like yeah. I used it to, uh, I had to get my car towed to the service place. Um, and I was like, you know what, let me try this. So, uh, uh, and there's one in my car and sure enough, it, you know, showed its progress on the map, you know, going from my place to the service place. Oh, that's cool. Um, it was just very accurate, and we've had you know uh, people give us stories of um, uh, tracking their luggage is another one. Yeah, yeah. that's Look, kind of a cool. Watch my luggage in Spain. Yeah, no, I, I I did it with my luggage for the the last trip I did. Actually, the last two trips I did, and and the the granularity of of the reports was way better than I ever saw with Tile. Yeah. And like you said, it's because everybody with an iPhone becomes part of the network, whether they, yeah. whether they have AirTags or not. And I think that's the big differentiator, right? Tile, sure. the only people running the Tile app are people that own Tiles. Right. So, right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, they're a little more expensive. Uh, they're worth it. A little, a little, yeah. a little more yeah. expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the but Apple they, tax. Yeah. It's, uh, again, it just works. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I've been loving uh, them. It's so. great. Okay, I'll stop jumping. In. No, <laughs> no, this is it's why you're it's why, why we appreciate having you here, yeah. John. You, but it is time to get to yeah. some content like that that y'all have sent in. So, John, you want to take us to our first quick tip of the day? Yes. So, um, Jamie writes in and says, "I occasionally run a new situation on a web page where part of a dialogue doesn't fit on the screen, so I can't see or click the OK button or equivalent. I ran into this today while using." the Synology DSM web interface. My browser window was already maximized and I was on a laptop, so there wasn't a lot of screen real estate. I could see the top of the dialog box, which asked some question, do you want to do something? <laughs> but the buttons to respond were off the bottom of the screen with no way to scroll down. So the fix for this is to press Command minus on the keyboard. This rescales the browser window to make everything a little smaller. Now the entire dialog box fits on screen, including the control buttons. The other options are command plus or command equals to zoom in and command zero to restore the default zoom setting. So thank you. Yes, I've uh, I've run into this now and then. Um, last time I ran into this, Dave, um, it was a uh, last pass, oddly enough. Ah. Um and yeah, I had the same thing happen is that um, I guess some browser plugins um, get confused as to <laughs> where the end of the earth is. And yeah, I had the same thing. Um, my solution was to resize the uh, the window, but um, having these uh, keyboard shortcuts, I think, is uh, a little nicer way to... I like this idea. So you can see everything. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I wish there was a way to do this on 
iOS because I've run into this same kind of thing there uh, at times. But yeah, that's a that's really smart idea to just do you know command minus and away you go. I like it. This is what we love about quick tips, folks. All right, uh, listener with the handle of PC Unix. Uh, shares a Medium article that uh, he found. He says, I, I don't know if you can distill this for a quick tip, but if you can, please do. It's about you, the the idea, and we will link to this Medium article that, that walks through it. Uh, actually, and I believe he wrote it, So, because uh, it is listener Tony, who goes by the handle PC Unix, is talking about how to use Sidecar, uh, which is the the ability to use iPad as your second screen of your Mac. Uh, which I was talking about in the last show that I use when I travel using sidecar to take screenshots because screenshots on the iPad are so much easier than screenshots on the Mac and you get a much uh, cleaner view. So, uh, so Tony will move a window over to his iPad and take a screenshot there if he can't just do it from the iPad directly. So, uh, well, again, it's it it's worth reading through the article. He's got some a different uh, some additional tips, including using the floating accessibility uh, assistive touch feature to make screenshots even easier, so that you can just tap that little button and boom, up comes the option to take a screenshot. But uh, thank you for sending this in. Thank you for writing it up, Tony. That's really the the key here, and uh, and we'll put a. A link in the show notes, as promised, for you all. Good quick tip. John, thoughts on that, or you want to take us to Simon? Uh, let's go to Simon. Great. So um, Simon has a quick tip. John, um, you got to say Simon says. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sorry. Um, He's not going to do it. <laughs> but Simon asks, are all your iPhone images now H-E-I-C, and you need JPEG or another format? Um, first, maybe wondering what is HEIC and HEIC is a high efficiency image file format. And as far as I can tell, all photos on iDevices are now using this new format. Um, but what if you need a, well, what if you're dealing with uh, someone on a different platform or a legacy operating system, they may not understand what HEIC is. So um, let's say we want to convert it to something else. Um, here are the steps. In the finder, select your images. Uh, Right-click on one of the selected images and either do open or open using preview if it's not your default. Uh, ensure the preview sidebar is open showing all the images. If it's not, click the view menu thumbnails from the preview menu bar. Then use command A, which is select all, um, and select all the open images or edit select all from the preview menu bar. And then here's the, the fun part. Um, mass image file type change. Select file, export, selected images from the preview menu bar. Then pick a location to export your images. Click the options button in the export window to pick a new format to save them as. Interesting. Um, and let's see, hold down the option key when you click the format button to see more image formats. Okay, that's a nice little secret. Um, click choose to export the images to the new format. Interesting. Fascinating. And then um, it, for, it, so it, the to distill it down, it's get all the images into preview, select them all. And then file export and choose your your you know your change. Wow. 
That's fascinating. I like it. That's great. Right. And awesome. um, and let's see. And there's another one here. You can also. All right. At some point, you can also uh, do a mass resize if, if you need to do that. Um, and, and for that, go to tools and adjust size from the okay. menu, menu bar. Okay. All right. Well, some good imaging tips. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. I have a, uh, a quick tip of my own to share that I wind up using all the time. I, uh, I, as with many of you, I'm sure I live in mail. It, mail is an app that I, you know, spend a lot of my life in. And often what will happen, especially as I'm triaging my inbox is I will, you know, see a message and then think, Oh, I want to search for some other email so that I can take action or, you know, did this person do something or whatever? And what happens in, if I just do that is I lose my focus on where I am in my inbox. And so, uh, mail has tabs. So what I've gotten in the habit and now that I finally have it in my workflow where I'm not just automatically starting to search and losing focus is I create a new tab or more often I have a second tab just open in mail as kind of a work tab, a temp tab, if you will. And I open a new tab and I do my searching there and then I can go back to the inbox and my focus remains exactly where it was. It's awesome. And you can have multiple tabs open. So especially when I'm answering listener questions, I'll have the, you know, premium at Mac Geek Gab tab open for those of you that are premium listeners. I have the feedback at Mac Geek Gab tab open for those of you who are not premium listeners. And then I have like my inbox and sometimes an archive tab open and being able to bounce between those without losing focus, especially on where I am in the flow of answering your questions is amazing and super at like, you know, I'm an efficiency maniac. This it's I mean, it's so pleasing to me now that I finally got this into my workflow, as you can That's probably nice. tell. Yeah. I just opened a tab. Yeah. Cause when I do the search, then you have to go clear the search in order to get the rest of your mail. In back. order to get the rest Let's of your mail back. Another tab. Yeah. Okay. I almost feel like there should be a checkbox to open search results in a new tab Yeah, so that you're not like by default, oh, not yeah. losing focus. Right. Sure. You know, I wonder if some mail plugin developer could add that like i i, I know mail is super Feature extensible <laughs> but i'm gonna write to the the folks at small cube to make yeah. all my favorite mail plugins to see yeah 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 all right all right this is good but i like it anyway quick tip for you an idea for me okay uh moving on do we have any other quick tips by the way while we're while we're here i don't have any on the agenda but the we've it's been a tangential well, I, show to begin with i've got the one and you said it's been covered before but it's just a, a follow-on to your one from your last week's show which is uh when you press and hold uh, in, this is in ios when you yeah. press and hold the number key you can then use your other hand and type in a number and then let go of it and you haven't switched out of your yes. keyboards and into symbols and such um but the other one is and and this has been covered before but I, one of my favorites and when i show people they love it press and hold the space bar until all the keys go blank, and then you can move the cursor anywhere around in the window because the most difficult thing, I swear, sometimes, especially you know, if I'm in the airplane and using the iPad and I'm trying to type something up, like right up an airplane, and I find a misspelling thanks to autocorrect or something like that, and I want to get the cursor back to that one word, the easy way to do it is press and hold the space bar, slide the cursor to where you want it, and let go instead of trying to touch that one specific spot on the screen, yep. and then I'm one letter off, and... 
So yeah, man. I love that one. That's my that's my favorite little iOS tip. Uh, it it is being able to essentially turn your keyboard into a trackpad yes. on the iPhone. Yeah, uh, yeah. invaluable. So, I yeah. agree, yeah. and it's that's worth a reminder. You know, it's probably been a year since yeah. we've talked about it. So yeah. that that's no, that's I'm glad you mentioned that. That's good. All right, anything else, John? Are we uh, we good to move on to cool stuffs found? Indeed. All righty, David brings us one. This is kind of a semi-answer to the geek challenge that I posed recently and also a cool stuff found. He says, I just listened to 889 and I have an imperfect and probably unsatisfying suggestion for Stelios and Dave who wished to have weather, preferably radar, overlaid on the navigation app in CarPlay. I do not know of such an app. Cool. Great. Well, we'll move on. No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, He says, uh, and I believe you're correct that no such animal exists. I have a vague memory of a companion app for ways that did this, but no longer. And I don't think it was CarPlay anyway. But I do use an app called Drive Weather, which is available for iOS and Android. You tell it your start and end points, and it displays the weather along your selected route. There are several options, including radar, which are included in this free tier. For the paid tier, you can add waypoints, stop points, wind speed, other items. I use it when planning trips that are longer than an hour or two. Says I often drive right past you, Dave, which is almost unavoidable whenever I leave my home in the great North Woods. Ah, very nice. Uh, he says, uh, I checked to see if it worked on CarPlay, and it does not. However, I set up Waze and Drive Weather, and I can display my route in Waze on the car's CarPlay display. And then the Drive Weather route remains on my iPhone screen. Right. That's right, because a couple of iOS iterations ago, they... They split it so that you could have your phone showing one thing and CarPlay showing the yeah. other, right? So uh, so there you go. Okay. So if you put your phone on a mount, you could have your cake and eat it, too. He followed up, though, and said that he checked in with the developer of DriveWeather and shared our segment from 889 with him. And the developer's like, I'm going to add a CarPlay screen to the uh, to my app. There you go. So, yeah, maybe. The question is, will Apple approve it? Yeah. No, none of these apps exist. This feature doesn't exist anywhere. Clearly, me and Stelios are not the only people that would want it. I would imagine you as a pilot, you're so used to seeing weather along your route. You would love to have yeah, this. Yeah, overlay, sure. An overlay, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, turn it on and off, like whatever. But, you know, a long drive, it's nice to see what's happening with the weather. And uh, so I know we're not alone in wanting this yeah. and, and even knowing that we want this, right? There's one thing about, there's, there's a difference between seeing a feature for the first time and saying, how did I live without this? And then another is lacking a feature and knowing you want it. I think there's a lot of us in the latter camp, but um, Apple has yet to approve one. I, right. I don't think that means it has never been submitted. And well, <laughs> and I wonder if the other question is, what did, did the automakers have a say in that as well? Huh? Probably, because it's, maybe. It, it, you, you grazed the edge of it on the, on uh, eight eighty nine, which was, um, uh, Boils down to, I think, product liability. Mm. For sure. But, Very you know, different yeah. in a plane. You can spend yeah. a lot of time staring at a screen and not be a danger to yourself and others. Right. Whereas you know, in a car. The Ford, Honda, Toyota, you know, all the, all the automakers, if they right. have a say in it, they may go, yeah, no. Yeah. Which is why you can't get YouTube to play on your, <laughs> on your I, screen. You know? I was at, oh gosh, I, where was I? I was in LA at Mac Tech. Yeah. And there was a uh, an event, like a Mac Tech related event, but it was off site. They do like one off site event a year, and this one was at the aquarium, which was super cool. Like being able to be in the aquarium it was just us Mac Tech geeks at night. It was amazing. Neil yeah. Tickton and his team always put together a great show. 
But I wound up not going on the bus, even if there was a bus. I, I just wound up riding with someone who's a Mac Keycap listener. I, I'll leave his name out of it for reasons that might become obvious here. Uh, but uh, And it was a great ride, and uh, it was great to hang out. But he had hacked his CarPlay into his car with some... I, I don't know. He had some solution for for making his screen on his car a CarPlay screen, even though it was not that way from the factory. Mm-hmm. It was using some third party thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And because of that, though, many restrictions, including those where it CarPlay will only display apps that are CarPlay that are flagged as right. CarPlay compatible. Right. Uh, he, he did not have to suffer through these restrictions. Yeah. And so he did have YouTube. He's like, oh, yeah, I have YouTube videos playing all the time when I drive so that I can learn things. And I'm thinking, you know, most of these YouTube how to videos are kind of like this, right? Like you wouldn't need to be watching us. And so I'm like, okay, this is how I convinced myself that it was okay um, in the moment anyway. But uh, but like so maybe that like his solution would work for drive weather. So. And I've seen hacks, you know, to get yeah. in to, to get those to go, but you know, yeah. just even a, even a few seconds. And, you know, at, at last week after the football game here, UNH's home opener, Yeah, my my youngest is learning to drive, so I hopped in the right seat as we drove into Dover to, to pick up my mother. And uh, uh, my heart was in my throat several times. He's on the road. He's watching, but... Boy, there's a lot of kids, uh, college kids, in dark clothes, walking down the side of the road, and that's the thing that scares me. It's the it's the other guy. It's the inattention on their part yeah. that'll that'll hose you while you're driving. So, oh yeah, downtown yeah. Durham, yeah. driving through that college campus. Anytime there's a crowd, I, I you know yeah. before or after sporting events, but also at you know class transition time. Uh, or doing yeah. the bars close at you know two yeah. in the morning or whatever, it, yeah. like the people just spill into the streets. You're taking your liability insurance in your hands. That's there, what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, John. What uh, do you think? Are we uh, staying on this? Or are we moving to Jeremy? Uh, I think we're going to go to Jeremy. So awesome. we got a, a quick, uh, cool stuff found here. Um, Pella makes an AirTag holder. Um, what's different about this one? Uh, I mean, it, um, it's a holder. It has a hole in it. It has a clip. So that's nice. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> almost all of these do, um, but it's compostable. Oh, there you go. so, um, okay. That's so cool. Rather than using plastic, it's a compostable air tag. Huh. Um, I'm trying to think of a use case. Uh, but the price is pretty good. So one is fourteen ninety five, and then the more you buy, the more you save, and it comes in uh, one, two, three, four, five different colors. That's so. cool. Yeah, huh. I like it. All right, yeah, compostable. I mean, at some point you're going to stop using your air tags. So nice that that mm-hmm. what will eventually become trash is compostable. Like that's right. that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I like it. All right, cool. Uh Sonos is one of, you know, my favorite, uh, my favorite brands, but also just the, the, I, I have, I am a huge fan of their products and, uh, last two, no, I say last year, if it's not true, two years ago, Sonos released the arc, which is their, uh, sort of pro level sound bar with, uh, Dolby Atmos and all that. They recently released the Sonos beam, 
which is their, we'll call it their entry level sound bar, although it's probably the wrong. <laughs> it's like it's, it's not the seven hundred dollar one. It's the right four hundred dollar. It's the four hundred dollar one. one. <laughs> but I will tell you, up until getting the arc in our yeah. living room, we used the beam, and, yeah. and our living room we're probably a good fifteen feet from the television, yeah. and like it still gave us full sound. Oh, that's it, awesome. Like yeah, it was okay. great. Uh, now there is the beam Gen two, which includes Dolby Atmos support. So if, you know, for all but the largest rooms, you can now get all of that sound while still, uh, you know, not having to buy the, the you know, super, uh, super hoopty one. So this is 449 for the Beam Gen 2. And I, I think, yeah, the, uh, the, the, um, the, why can't I remember the name of the other one? The, um, the, the arc, thank oh, you. The arc. No, the arc yeah. is uh, eight ninety nine. So oh, okay. you know it, it's it's half the price. I have not seen the arc. The beam I've seen. Yeah, the the arc seen. and the beam look very similar. The okay. arc the arc is just wider by quite a bit, but okay. they're they're both just sound bars in in form factor. But okay. uh, I, like th- so, the beam Gen two is now my go to recommendation. I, I I have to couch that by saying I have not tested it yet. I will, but I have not. So I can't, like, I'm going based on Sonos's track record here, but I loved the beam. I love the Atmos sound from the Arc. And so to be able to combine those together and have the price be 449 like, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's a pretty easy recommendation to make. So it's an educated recommendation, but it is not an experiential recommendation. So, so, so stupid question time then. Yeah. What is Atmos? I'm, I've not heard of that. Ah, it is seven. It, it is one of the 7.1 sound okay. formats. So okay. you get the, what Atmos adds is a, a high and, and low channel. Okay. So really it's a high channel. And so okay. you get not just um, sound on a, on a flat plane, but you get sounds coming above you and things nice. like that. And it really does it, like the way these sound bars can bounce the sound off your ceiling. Atmos works amazingly well. It's similar to how they're bouncing the surround channels off of your walls. Right. They're right. bouncing the Atmos off of your ceiling, and it it's amazing how well it works. Yeah. Okay. It really becomes this immersive. Yeah. I mean, I it, love my Sonos stuff. Yeah. No. It becomes, it, it, okay. it. the way you get the immersion of Atmos, uh, even from a soundbar, which really in my house anyway, has been my only experience with Atmos. Yeah. I've, I've experienced it elsewhere with actual speakers in the ceilings and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And you have the sub too, right? I also do have a sub. I've got a couple of Play 3s that I use as rear speakers yep. in the living room. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I do the same thing. I got Play 1s for the rear speakers. but It's probably even even better But that option. sub makes yeah. it so immersive. It does. You know, and the so. beam or the arc will work with your rears and the sub. Nice. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Those guys know what they're doing over they there. They do know so. what they're doing over there. They've known what they're doing for a very long time. I'm, I'm glad that they survived long enough for people to understand why their products are so great. Because like, I know like when I first found out about Sonos, the first thing I said to him was like, (laughs) now (laughs) I I should couch this a little bit. They had been pestering me for two years to come and learn about their products. And I was like, "Ah, I don't understand them. Like I'm not coming. And finally, like somebody twisted my arm and was like, you got to come to Boston. It was like, I'd postponed it once or twice. I finally went down Within about 10 minutes of them explaining it to me, I was like, this is amazing. How come you've never told me about this before? And there were like four eyes, you know, four sets of eyes in the room that could, like, I could feel. Lasers. Yeah, lasers. I'm like, oh, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're like, it's really hard to explain this to people. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. And then I came back here on the show and you can go back and listen to this episode and hear me fumble for probably 25 minutes through trying to explain what Sonos was, what it is, like why it, why people would want it in their yeah. home, why it's easy to use. And then I had to call my friends at Sonos and my new friends at the time and say, I'm really sorry. Uh, now I understand. I tried to explain this too. I, I had the benefit of 25 minutes. You have, you know, maybe 30 seconds in an ad spot right. or, or a static, you know, m- Ad a PDF or something, but there so. were some thin times there. As you you know, early I guess for so, a long yeah. time, you couldn't listen to Audible. You couldn't, uh, you right? Couldn't ca- uh, can, what's the word I'm looking for? AirPlay, to, right? That sort of thing, which, right? And now that you can do that, and I know that was a lot of hard engineering to work yeah. into the software without making it without crashing what they were doing in the first place. Correct. Yeah. So, no, they. Yeah. Uh, it. It. I mean, they stayed the course. Thankfully, they. You know, again, were able to ma- remain financially viable and and all of that uh, yeah. through it to to truly succeed. And of course, now it's paid off in spades for them. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Um, we were talking in the last episode about Apple TV Plus, and Tony from Thailand sent us a note reminding us that um, that there are some new things. Uh, coming in the fall, including shows from Tom Hanks, Will Ferrell and John Stewart uh, in the lineup for the uh, for the fall here and and into 2022, I should say. But uh, but yeah, Apple TV Plus. So, John, you mentioned Foundation in the last episode. I think. No, you mentioned you mentioned Foundation, right? Was that the one you, mm-hmm. you mentioned? Right. Yeah. OK. So there's also Invasion uh, and then there's. Um, the problem with John Stewart. So he's got a new, a new show coming out that will have a companion podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, the morning show debuts. Well, t- t- now so the, the, the season two is, uh, has begun and there's a movie coming out about the velvet underground, which will be on, uh, exclusive to Apple TV plus too, which, um, I've enjoyed what well, Lisa and I recently got back into, we watched the first season of Dickinson and then, uh, for whatever reason, you know, it sort of drifted away from it. And this week we've been all but binging the second season and catching up with with uh, the second season of Dickinson, which it's it's a fun show. It's tough to find a 30 minute show that that captures our our interest. And uh, and Dickinson has has been that it's it, it's hard to describe. If I describe it to you, I will fail and probably convince you not to watch it. Uh, because on the surface, it doesn't sound like the type of thing that I would enjoy. And yet it's totally like the level of snark and the humor and taking this story from, you know, ye olden days and making it super modern, but also still happening in ye olden days. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they're not putting crap up on Apple TV. I, no. I got to say, you know, from Ted Lasseter, um, the other one that Lasseter. I thought, I, or, 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 did I say Lasseter? Lasso. Say Lasseter. Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. And uh, uh, Ted Lasso, um, that was fun. And then the uh, the other one that I was certain I would not like, but was a howl, and it was a, it was like a six episode and done, was Schmigadoon. That's what John was Oh, saying. yeah. Yeah. That is a hoot. Oh, my God. You know, I'm It's not, an adult you know, musical. Yeah. Yes, it is. But boy, it was fun, you know. And uh, 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 is it Keenan Michael Key? Yeah, from Key and Peele. Yeah, from Key and Peele. So he's in it. Yeah. Um, I'm not singing. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not singing. Not another song. I, I think I suffered through two episodes of that, and then I had to. I had to. You bailed on that. I don't yeah. like yeah. musicals. You no, know, neither do I. Um, That's fair. But it was fun. It, yeah. it was fun. So yeah, yeah. fair. So fair. Um, calls. Yeah. I, I, did you watch Calls, Pete? I haven't seen Calls. Okay. There so, okay. J- John, did, did you did you um, start Ted Lasso or anything like that yet? Have you? No. Okay. Um, so Calls is like not a TV show, except it's a TV show. It is a six, I want to say six or seven episode story. The episodes are short. I think the longest one might be 20 minutes. This is not something that you can watch with another screen up because a lot of it is reading on screen. It is the entirety of the show is a series of phone calls that happen and describe. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but it becomes this very interesting sci-fi story that I think the way that it wraps up might, I was, um, I, I found my room to become very dusty during the the final episode. And Pete, I think you, your room would be even dustier than mine. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, it like, yeah. it tells a story that you think is this, I mean, and is this super bizarre sci-fi, yeah. you know, apocalyptic thing, but not in the, the disease way. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, um, it, it, it tells this story that all of a sudden becomes this very human thing. Uh, which is the best kind of sci-fi yeah. and it's told, like I said, in a very strange way, it's two, it's phone calls between two or more people. And all you're seeing on the screen is their names and the words that they're saying. And the word, the dialogue is super important. So you just get immersed, but some episodes are like nine minutes. So you're reading for nine minutes and then it's like, Lisa and I started it a few months ago and then it got exhausting to watch. Yeah. And so we took, uh, you know, a few months off and then this, la- this week or last week we were like, we should finish calls. And then we did. And we're like, Oh, why did we wait so long? We should have done yeah. this. So highly recommended for all of you out there. Yeah. I guess the bottom line is I'm, I'm a full on cord cutter and same now, but, but I'm paying for the Apple TV subscription after my first year free. It's good oh, yeah. stuff. They same. don't, they're not putting garbage on there. So no, no, it's good. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts on that before we move on, John? People in the chat room are recommending Coda, mm-hmm. uh, Children of Deaf Adults. I have not watched uh, an episode of that yet. Mm-hmm. It's on our list. So uh, people at uh, live.mackeycub.com, we've got NCSUCPE and Kiwi Graham both saying, um, saying watch it. it. It is a movie, not a, a series. Okay. But, but there you go. Yeah. Great. Thank you for that, guys. All right. Uh, let's get to some questions because that's one of the things that we do here, shall we? Mm-hmm. Cindy, unless there's more, John, do you have any any more uh, shows or Apple TV Plus or anything? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, Cindy asks a question, which you know would be good for me to have in front of me so I can read. I'm sure I, she says, and I'm sure other listeners uh, would love to to find out ways of knowing how I can control my Mac with my iOS device. I'm specifically looking for ways of controlling uh, Swinzian, which is a flack audio file player on an iMac that I have hooked to my stereo, but I may be out of luck. She says, I see seems that years ago, I remember keyboard maestro having a way to control 
keyboard maestro via the iPhone, but I have slept many times since then. So, all right. So I have a lot of answers for you. You are absolutely right that keyboard maestro macros can be triggered by uh, web endpoints. And when I say endpoints, I simply mean URLs. You run keyboard maestro on one Mac and then you can it will give you you don't have to guess at any of this. Uh, once you build a macro, you can say, I want this macro to be triggered by a web endpoint and it will give you the URL. And all you have to do is load that URL in your web browser and boom, that macro fires. So my example of that, the one way that I use it is when I want to take a nap in my office, I want my Mac uh, to mute its speaker so that if I get like slacks or text messages coming in, it's not waking me up. Uh, so I have a shortcut that I have on my iPhone called nap time. So I say Siri nap time and it loads the end point of a keyboard maestro macro on my Mac that does all of the aforementioned things. And then it sets do not disturb on my iPhone so that that's not bothering me. And then it uh, sets a 22 minute timer because that's the perfect amount for my nap time. And then, of course, launches my white noise app so that I can hear white noise while I'm taking a nap. And this all takes a matter of uh, a second or two. So but the, the keyboard maestro endpoint is exactly that. That may or may not work for you because that could be a little it's great for my use case. If you're using it as remote control, it could be a little pedantic to have to like, you know, load this bookmark, load that bookmark, load this bookmark to pause, load this, you know, maybe like it might be the best. And if it is, then great, because Keyboard Maestro can do a lot of things on your Mac. So that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it would be using an app called Screens. Um, screens is essentially Apple Remote Desktop, but for iPhone. Why Apple has Apple Remote Desktop on a Mac and no client from Apple to use it on an iPhone is something that I'm sure the makers of screens are very happy about. But um, it's, it is a, a sort of weird thing. It's from a company. Uh, it's from Edovia, E-D-O-V-I-A dot com. Great folks over there. And screens for iPhone works uh, very, very well. There, there was there was a period of time where we were having some weird issues with it and they totally like address that real, real quickly. And um, it, it is an app I use constantly to control my Mac from my iPhone. Um, you know, especially if I'm over at the house and I want to control the Mac in the office, that kind of thing. It works really well. Uh, so that's, have that's to be on the same network. Um, it, it, no, it doesn't have to be on okay. the same network. They have a, uh, an app that you can run on your Mac that, that logs it into your screens account so that you can do it from anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, I when I'm connecting to the office, I am on the same network. I I don't run that app on my Mac. I use I just VPN into my home network sure. and do it that way, which totally works fine. So I'm just thinking of running my bidding program on Absolutely. my laptop from the Far East. From the Far East. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yep. You totally could. Yep. Yeah. You just have to have a way of waking up your laptop sure. remotely. So that's okay. the only thing you need to be aware of. But then. For very use case specific scenarios, and Cindy's gets very close to this, and I think might work. There is the uh, remote for Mac app from uh, Evgeny. I think I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Chirpak. Uh, so it's chirpake.com. C H E R P A K E dot com. Uh, links for all these are in the show notes, of course. And remote for Mac is a two app. Uh, thing you put an app on your iphone you put an app on your mac and then they have built 
app specific templates that you run on your iPhone. So if you want to run Plex on your Mac, like, you know, you've got a Mac connected to your TV, you want to run Plex on your Mac, you use remote for Mac. And now all the Plex commands and controls are right there on your iPhone in a format that would make sense for a remote control for Plex. Same is true for a Netflix window, but the same can be true for lots of different things, including complete just remote control of your Mac with a keyboard and things like that. So that honestly, that's where I would start is with remote for Mac, because if it can do what you want, the, their template and, and remote control first interface might be the simplest path for you. If that doesn't work, then you can sort of step down the, the chain there. So, so there you go. Thoughts on that, Mr. Braun? No, no. Okay. Thoughts on that pilot Pete? No. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, John, you want to take us to listener Jeff? Yeah. Okay. Or Jeff. Um, good morning, gentlemen. Um, it appears I've hit my head on the time machine ceiling once again. I have not had that happen. (laughs) Um, I have a word doc that apparently I cleaned out of my documents folder. I went back through my time machine backups and found the file. It shows up as uh, msword.docx and I thought life was good. I clicked restore and headed back to the documents to no avail. There was no file restored, so I headed back to Time Machine to see what else I could see. With most of my files in Time Machine, I can preview and open them. This was not the case with this file. I dug around the Time Machine drive for the dates and times I found the file, and they show up as shortcuts, but no information as to the location of the original file. It would appear I got caught, unless you have additional information. I'm missing... I mean, the only thing I can think of, Dave, um, I've I've had this happen as well, where it's like, I thought Time Machine backed this up, but it didn't. Hmm. Um, I think it just gets confused every now and then. Um, the only thing I can think of, Dave, is um, there's a, a tool called um, the Time Machine Mechanic. And it'll look at your time machine logs. So maybe run this and it'll tell you where things went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it could fix problems, but that that's the only yeah. way I could. I did. Um, uh, another thing you, you may want to rec- reconsider your backup strategy. So um, I actually have had, cases where what i do is so i have time machine on my synology but what i also do is i run a backup of that file using synology's um hyper backup yeah um the nice thing about that is that i've had cases in the past where i'm like oh man you know my my time machine uh store is corrupt um what to do well go to one that you backed up in the past so um right i mean other than i mean you you could i mean you could open the sparse bundle and kind of dig into it and see if you can find find it that way i don't don't know yeah i well the the thing that comes to mind is that jeff says he got he sees them as shortcuts. shortcuts yeah and when we have to remember how time machine works, right? The, the way time machine works is it backs up a file. And then if that file hasn't changed, 
every time you back up, it creates a new folder, right? It, and you can see these if you go into the time machine volume where it'll be named with the date and the time and, you know, probably other stuff too, but that's effectively what it is. And every folder appears to have a complete backup, but really all that's happened is an incremental backup from the last one. Everything else is brought forward as a hard link, which is similar to a soft, uh, you know, a soft link, which is similar to an alias or a shortcut, right? So they're not all exactly the same in, at all, but that they are related entities. And so it brings forward everything that hasn't changed as a hard link. And then the, uh, the new stuff is actually put into that folder. And that's why you're, you're not completely filling your time machine drive every single time that you, you, know, you do a new backup and also why it doesn't take forever. Uh, although sometimes it seems like it does. Uh, so, when he says that he sees them looking like shortcuts, that tells me that the original file of that hard link is gone and it shouldn't be right. But somehow along the lines, that file got yanked from underneath the, uh, you know, the, the thing. So that I, that's, that's kind of where my head goes on this. It doesn't solve like it. It's, it's simply musing on the mystery. It's not, solving the problem I, like you i would run t2m2 uh the time machine mechanic sorry and see if it reports anything but i'd probably uh either delete or archive off that time machine backup and start anew because if that file's missing what else that's the only one you know about currently and i wouldn't want to find out about the next one are, are there any good searches but like spotlight the the to try and go find that. Is there any other good? You, know, you could try to use spotlight or you could use one of the more powerful third party, you know, find search yeah. tools to, to scour and see if you can find something with that file name. Yeah. Especially if you know a specific phrase or something in the file. That, yeah. Or even just know. the name of it yeah. should. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you know, the name, so you should be able to yeah. search that drive and spotlight might even do it for you. But that would be, that would be my thought process. On, on that so yeah it might be there and the link just got broken kiwi graham in the chat room very correctly points out that the hard link is a file system thing not a mac os thing that is correct uh you know it, it it's it's actually a concept that goes back to unix although it was not really a part of hfs plus it was tacked on and and that may also be part of the problem when they added hard links to hfs plus a person came to me after a Macworld session once and they were at the time a, and I think still a former file system engineer at Apple. And they told me we stored the data for the hard links in a text file. Don't trust them. And this was right <laughs> after time machine came out. It was like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So maybe this is his uh, worst fears coming true. I don't know. It, it, well, and then I guess the other question I have is there a good, it's probably too late now in his, in this case, but is there a good, undelete program for Mac. You know, Windows has a per, some pretty robust undelete. Yeah. But but Mac OS, I've always seemed to struggle with that. Not really. I mean, yeah. once it's out of the trash can, yeah. I, I mean, maybe there's a geek challenge. If somebody knows, feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I haven't seen any. Have you, John? Um, oh, I haven't run it in a long time. Data Rescue, maybe? Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if yeah. they still uh if they still exist. If they still exist, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, data protection, ProSoft engineering, data rescue. Yes. Um, have you accidentally deleted or lost important files is what they say. Well, sounds like we did. So um, data rescue to the rescue, maybe. I think they have a trial um, that'll yeah help you uh, help you find those lost files. Yeah. The yeah, sooner yeah. you get to that, the less likely that space is going to be overwritten, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is kind of a comment, which I don't think happened here also because he can see the, the links, but uh, with Time Machine, you can exclude what files are backed up. Be careful you aren't excluding files that you want backed up. Fair. So, yeah, fair. Yeah. I, I, yeah, great point, and I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not the issue here, but no. it is a good thing to, to check with. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we'll put a link to Data Rescue in the show notes too. All right. Moving onward, we'll see where we get to uh, with things here. I knew we'd run. I, I knew this would show. The show would be different when we talked Sorry. yesterday, and you were coming. <laughs> no, this is exciting. I love it. It's 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 great to have the additional perspective and interaction. People, I'll never be invited back. Let us know what you think. No, like seriously, folks. Like you know, yeah. this show is always a work in progress. Right? This is. We are we are striving for excellence. We never believe we've hit it. There have been there have been shows where it's like we finish and I'm like we nailed that one, but I let that sort of carry me through lunch, and then it's like, all right, how can we make it better? So please, please keep us posted uh, on on how we're doing here. All right, uh, Bob has a question. Bob says. I've been monitoring how do I have a question about monitoring battery usage on my Apple watch. I'm using a series four, but he says, I think this would apply to anyone. My watch has recently started getting to the low power mode threshold by late afternoon. And I have no idea why in the past four months, it has seldom gotten below 30% by bedtime in iOS. There is a battery preference pane that shows battery usage by app. Even if it isn't all that good, I cannot find an equivalent for the watch. We get something similar in Monterey. It's not perfect, but we get something similar. Uh, he says, how do I figure out which apps drain my battery so much? Well, it, it could be given that it's a series four. I don't know how long you've had it. You might've just bought it uh, on the refurb store, in which case it would have a new battery, but it is possible that your watch battery itself is on the decline. And now you're just noticing that I, I, I don't want to cop out and stop there, but I do want to acknowledge that that certainly is a possibility. I have noticed this over the years, though, with all manner of Apple watches, including my OG and my Series 5. And I think I've even I know I've seen it on the watches of my family members and they've had different iterations than me. We're sort of on a leapfrogging thing with the Apple watches. We always have like three different generations of Apple watch in the family because it's not the kind of thing you need to replace every year. So, um, but that's a good excuse. It, it is. It is. Battery's not working. New. Battery's not. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Series 7, Bob. This is going to solve your problem. And honestly, I think it might. But not necessarily because it has a new battery. Um, When I have seen the battery life on the Apple Watch just suddenly begin to tank with consistency, like day after day, it's just falling and falling. Every single time it has been caused by background syncing of contact data. Uh, I don't know why this happens, but clearly it's a problem that affects lots of people, not just those in the uh, TMO Towers East household here. Uh, and the reason I know that is because there is a button to fix it. If you go in to, and so I would try this, uh, go into the watch app on your iPhone, 
And I, every time I have to struggle with this, so I'm hoping I remember doing it in this segment. You go to the, the watch app on your iPhone, go to general, choose your watch. If you have multiple watches, most people don't, but you know, do that. Uh, choose your watch, go to general, go to reset and choose reset sync data that wipes out whatever it's trying to do and lets it just do a full on sync once. Now that full on sync will use more, you know, radio time and processor time and therefore battery life. But anytime I've had this issue, I do that and it's gone for, you know, the foreseeable future. So that is exactly where I would start if I were there. Hopefully that does it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we'd have to turn off the light. Pete, Pete's trying to show the, the screen on the screen, but it doesn't work out. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Reset sync data. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 We'll get better about this. If you're here more frequently, we will, we will start doing some screen sharing and, and we can even do iPhone screen sharing live on the show. It's totally doable. So and everybody listening in their car, I just held up my phone. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we do. We have to, yep, we, yep. yeah, we, we, we try to be careful that we yeah. fail. Um, it's part of the evolution. So, yeah. So hopefully that, hopefully that does it for you, Bob. Please, um, please keep us posted. Anything more on that? Or is it time to go to Chris, John? Uh, time to go to Chris. All right. What's Chris? That's a question. I don't know if I have an answer. We'll see. Maybe we'll come up with it. Um, I back up my 2015 MacBook Air um, running macOS 11.5.2 by plugging USB drives for Time Machine and Carbon Copy Cloner each evening and eject them afterwards. This has worked well for a long time. Lately, it takes a long time, five to ten minutes, for the drives to stop cycling after the disk icon disappears, removing the drives before their activity light quiets down results in a warning that the disk was not ejected. What is happening? Um, I don't know. What do you think is happening, guys? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, as far as I know, I mean, time machine just kind of automatically ejects. Uh, yes, that, that and carbon copy cloner, it's part of the script, you know, I'll do that. Uh, I wonder if he's, yeah, so I have a, I have a similar setup, but I, what would be holding on to the drive to prevent it from being ejected is, well, I mean, you could use, um, LSOF, right? I, that, Mm. that, that's a, it's a terminal command. And what I usually do is issue LSOF, and then I do with a pipe character. In fact, as I'm typing this on my Mac, it's auto-filling with exactly what I was going to say, showing that I've done this on a time machine volume before. And uh, so I type LSOF, which is list open files. At least that's how I remember it. I don't know if that's uh, if that's the correct command. And then I do the pipe character which sends the output of LSOF to the next command. Okay. And we'll put all this in the show notes. I just want you so you can copy and paste this command. Uh, but I, I want you to understand what you're doing. So the pipe character takes one command's output and shoves it into another command before it shows anything to us as the users. And then I pipe it into a grep command, which is a search command. It can use regular expressions. I am petrified by those, as we all know. So I use single words and I keep it very simple. So the command is LSOF pipe, which is the the straight up and down thing above the slash that's above the return character on Apple keyboards into grep. And then I put a space and then my search terms. And what I'm looking for is the name of the volume 
so that I'm filtering my results down by only the things that are open on the volume that I am curious about. And so an easy way to do that is to use the word machine with a capital M because time machine, the volumes name machine, you might get a file with the name machine in it there, but you are a human. You can filter through that pretty easily. But if you do LSOF pipe grep machine, it will show you everything that is open on that time machine volume. And it might even show you what app it is. In fact, it will. So you can, uh, you can parse that output and maybe try to figure it out. Kiwi Graham says that uh, Spotlight can hold on to disks longer than you might mm. want. Spotlight's com- the terminal command that runs Spotlight, as he reminds us, is often MDS uh, or MD stores or something like that. So if you see MD something, that's probably Spotlight. Spotlight should not be indexing your time machine volumes. You can, if if that's the case, go in and, and tell it not to index those in system preferences. And that might solve this problem for you. So, yeah, it's fun. I love doing this stuff. I love answering people's questions. We really do. I don't know. It's weird. We like helping. All right. Um, we've got a couple questions. Pete, I, I, as I'm planning our, our escape from this episode, uh, <laughs> run, run uh, lives. you said you are a cord cutter. Are you using things like YouTube TV or Fubo or anything uh, like that? So yeah, I've heard, and you've had some great discussions over that. Uh, yeah. I, I used YouTube TV because, uh, I was, I was with an apartment in Memphis when yes. I was the chairman of the union and, right. and that apartment was provided as, as was YouTube TV. And then when I finished that job and, and moved on, I, I kept YouTube TV for a while and then they went from 50 to 65 or 69 a month. And I thought, you know, I could have taken five bucks a month, but that was, that was pretty steep. And sure. So, so out, out of protest, um, I, I left them, but they, they were very good content. I'll oh, give yeah. them that. And, and the, the user and the experience. DVR. Yeah, that, that was yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, I, so are I, you using anything to get, like, how do you watch football games? Yeah, right now, uh, AT&T TV, which has been changed to DirecTV Stream. Yeah, so direct, I've been wanting to test this out. How yeah. do you like DirecTV Stream? I like it. It's okay. it's good. What it doesn't have, um, well, you get HBO Max included with that. Okay. You, don't get the NFL Network though for those that are sports fans. That's why Fubo TV, I think, remains your your yeah. option there. The, the, the Directv um, Stream does have many of the regional sports networks that YouTube lacks. Yes, uh, including yeah. Nesson here in New England, but yeah. but also the same is true in you know in other locales. Right. So, so. Um, and the other thing that I found that I didn't like about YouTube TV that Directv Stream does do is I, I use a commercial VPN. And when I am in Europe or in Asia, YouTube TV would not let me. Oh, you're on yeah. a VPN. You know, you're yeah. yeah, you're on a VPN. No, no TV for you. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. let me tell oh. you, when you're 72 hours restricted to your hotel room, you can't leave. Uh, yeah, to, to, you get you get room service. <laughs> uh, in, in one country, they a police officer escorts you to your room, unlocks the door, does not give you the keys, says leave your room, go to jail. 
Um, and uh, you're like, oh, oh, lovely to be here. Uh, Thank you, pandemic. Yeah. 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 So 72 to 96 hours in one of those rooms without even your own TV will drive you nuts quickly. Um, so, so we've been experimenting. One of the advantages is going to the direct TV stream. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't gripe when I use a VPN. Got it. I, 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 and we've heard the same about Fubo and, and, and specifically that yes, YouTube TV does gripe. Uh, we've been experimenting with this. We've got YouTube TV and Fubo that we're doing our experiments with. I want to add DirecTV Stream to that, yeah. uh, and I will. But uh, with my son out in Oregon, we're having the same, you're in a different location, what are you going to do thing? And thus far, I need to see if this is going to work long term. But yeah. the solution that we have put into place that does work is that he VPNs into our to the house, to the house yeah. right? So this is not a known VPN endpoint. In yeah. fact, it's very much the same endpoint that our TVs use, right? Yeah. So he's VPNing into the house, and he went into system preferences, security and privacy, location, and turned off location for Google Chrome. Right. Because Google Chrome will ask to get your actual location, which regardless of whether you're connected to a VPN, will give you, yeah. lets your computer give it the real IP address or other data it might have to give yeah. a more accurate location. But turning that off, it seems to work fine. Right. Um, okay. you, you found this too? Uh, I, I did, but okay. I also... Uh, but you were on a commercial VPN. Well, that and, well, and I did use my own VPN through my disk drive, my Synology drive. Yep. But my concern at that point, and now it's it's been put off for a little while, was they were uh, Comcast was starting to put the data caps back oh, in, and right. you know I was right up against my data caps and slightly over, and I thought, well, I don't want to be streaming. All yeah, over so this the world. is this is why I'm happy to have consolidated here in my neighborhood. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, right? you can't get it in yours. I can't. Well, yeah. I can, but it's not at uh, not at gigabit speed. No, not at gigabit <laughs> speed. I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Pete, if yeah. you want to. If you want to head down that path, I am happy to give you a login to my VPN. Oh. We don't use our whole gigabit symmetrical bandwidth, as you might oh. find surprising. Dude, I, I'm in. So, all right, great. <laughs> uh, in, yeah. we'll, let's, we'll talk about that off, off the air so that, yeah. you know, we're yeah. not just sharing the VPN with all of you. But, you know, we do like well, that. that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, while we're on the the subject of, of cord cutting and all of that, uh, Fubo TV... Listener Damon wanted us to remind all of you about Fubo's picture in picture feature. And this is, I mean, it could, I could see it if you are really into watching multiple sports at the same time. Uh, but you can have two, three, or four different streams happening on your television at the same time. Much, much like. It, much like, much like what you're watching here. Yeah, except they're all going at the same... Actually, we're all going at the same time, too. Oh, Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, like, it, the interface is great. It only works in their Apple TV app, so it doesn't work in like the, the mm. apps on TV yet. Maybe they'll add it. I don't know. But in the Apple TV app for Fubo, and it's very smooth, and you can do you know all four being equal or one big and three small, and you can you know navigate through as to which one's providing sound or which one is the you know the zoomed-in one. So if you got a couple of games that you're watching and you're like, oh, that team's about to score, you can, you know, cut over without losing it. Got uh, your own red zone channel. You got your own red zone channel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it is cool. And I appreciate you reminding us of uh, of that listener, Damon. I don't know why I call you listener, Damon. Your name's Damon. So thanks, Damon. You might be watching. 
Might uh, be Washer Damon. <laughs> well, I think that's true. That's true. Audience member Damon. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So what else do we have here? Um, where were we? Where were we? I want to do this follow-up since you are here, Pete. Listener Steve revisits a conversation that we started two episodes ago. And Steve, it was about uh, phones and airplanes and interference. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share Steve's, but then I also want your thoughts on this, too. He says, as a helicopter pilot, I thought I might get you some additional details around known interference between cellular phones and aircraft and aviation systems. A number of widebody aircraft have air-to-ground comm systems for flight tracking, sensory telemetry, and maintenance. 3G and 4G uh, is known to interfere with these systems. That being said, the systems do a lot of CRC, so error checking, and are smart enough to retry our biggest and newest challenge is with 5G interfering with radar altimeters. And he shares an article about it. Aircraft of all sizes may have been often, uh, uh, I think he seried this to us, uh, have radar altimeters. Please provide a, some provide a, these provide, <laughs> try to, to think of what, how he would have phrased this. These provide a precise measurement of the distance between the underside of the aircraft and the actual ground below. Uh, these are pressure altimeters, uh, but the most accurate are there are pressure altimeters, but the most accurate are radar altimeters. And it dramatically augments flying over terrain and visual uh, flight approaches to airports. So and he sent us a picture of him in the helicopter. So thank you for this, uh, Steve. This is a great follow up. And, and it starts to make sense. You. I don't want to ask what you do in the cockpit, Pete, but I want to ask what you've heard other pilots do in the cockpit. And do they have problems if they happen to accidentally leave their cell phones on? Well, when I'm trying to when I'm trying to finish a level on my game, when I'm doing an approach, <laughs> I don't um, even want just to know. kidding, FAA, just kidding. Right. Um, actually, one of the best discussions I ever heard about this was and I wish I could point to a show number and I can't yeah. was by Allison Sheridan over at oh, Podfeet. Um, she threw her engineering mind at this and so stand by, but uh, it, it was It, it will be coming at us. Yeah, it was soon. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Um, we now have, uh, we, we use iPads as an EFB and I know some of the airlines use Surface Pros um, yeah. for electron, EFB electronic flight bag, which has your Jepson charts, your approach plates and those sorts of things. Um, but she brought into it, you know, our, yeah, you probably want to be in airplane mode because are you sure that your phone isn't somehow, you know, has the engineering been done? Is it, is this properly shielded? Is it in the proper frequencies that won't interfere? Right. Um, so obviously the FAA has been proven to, to their satisfaction enough that uh, a, a certain amount of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all that can continue to go on. If you leave your phone in, in the cellular mode on, I, I, they know it's going on. They know oh, it's course. there. And, and, of course. Uh, if not, like you said uh, in the previous show, that there would be some very strict enforcement. Right, um, <laughs> right. They would take your phones from you. Yeah, if it was, absolutely. If it was that because big of a problem. because yeah. the fact is, and, and he mentions the difference. There's barometric and, and radio uh, radar altimeters, and uh, the radar altimeter is what you use when when you let the airplane land itself. Uh, we use the radar altimeter height above touchdown, right for. You know, because it's getting right to the runway. Now, the the terrain before the runway, you know, a couple miles off the field is is still varied. But as you get in close, that last hundred feet or so, you are definitely over the field. You're definitely over the runway. 
and and that needs to work. I don't know any of the engineering and the bandwidths and whether or not these could or could not interfere. I, if I had to guess, my educated guess is no, it's not going to interfere and it shouldn't be a problem. Or they well, because there's people this. in the terminal with cell phones right. on all the time, right? And they're right there right. watching your plane land, right? Now that being said, they, there is a protected area. Um, and when I take you out flying sometime, I'll show you there, there's, there's a hold short and then there's the, uh, category two hold short. Uh, okay. so when, when the weather goes below 802, I believe is the number, the 800 foot ceiling, two miles visibility, then they protect the, what's called the ILS critical area, the instrument landing system critical area. And that keeps other aircraft and vehicles away from the broadcast antenna that gives you your your localizer, which is your course, your runway course, and yep. your glide slope. Because frequently when you're flying in VFR weather, you're coming down the glide slope, and all of a sudden your course will bend way off. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's a truck crossing down, you know, <laughs> to, you know on a road short of the runway. Yeah. It, the large metal objects will bend that signal. Um, wow. So, yeah, so they protect that. Sure. Um, and, and I assume that the engineers have all looked into the cell phone signals, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but Yeah. But definitively speaking, I can't give an answer. But but I wish maybe Allison, if, if you're listening, can touch it on on your next show or yeah. give an answer here. Yeah. Because her... her her engineering approach to it was, look, are you sure, you know, you, you turn it on and you think it doesn't happen, but what if 200 people are in the back with their phones on? I, What's really going to happen then? Have you done that research? No, you no, probably you, you, you definitely, like, almost <laughs> certainly you haven't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They have. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but I, you know, I, there is, the thing to remember is there is a segment of this ruling or this rule mm -hmm. that comes not from the FAA, but from the FCC. Right. And that, that was the part that we, I know we recently <sighs> touched on this, but I just don't want to lose that here. And it's that the towers are not built to get to, to, to right. focus signal anywhere other than, you know, terra firma and, and things not too high above that. Right. And so the, the, it's just that the network is not engineered. I mean, again, back to the engineering point to, efficiently do that right and so it, it does muck with how handoffs work and all of that because it's it's not built to do the handoffs in the opposite direction right so there there is that too and that's a big part in addition to the distance of why uh your battery's dead if you leave your phone not in airplane mode because it's constantly searching for it's a signal trying, it can't yeah. operate efficiently so there's really no reason to leave airplane mode off uh, when right. you're up at, at altitude like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah, you just don't need the cellular. No. Uh, especially now, so many mm -hmm. of them, uh, I, I, know, I know there's at least two, I know Delta is one of them, offers you free text messaging anyway. Yes. Regardless of whether or not you buy their Wi-Fi signal. That's right. You can log mm -hmm. into their app and register and get free text back yeah. and forth. Yeah. And JetBlue's Wi-Fi, I mean, you know, JetBlue has always understood what it takes to keep people distracted Boy, that the truth? while they are crammed mm -hmm. onto an airplane. I, I mean, they, like they were the first with TVs yep. and they're the first with free Wi-Fi, but they're also the first with Wi-Fi that in my experience is fast enough to do some level of streaming over. Like, mm -hmm. I, you yeah. know, I, when I said yeah. I was testing Lucas's Oculus um, headset, oh, cool. 
I, I was able to stream Netflix yeah. on the plane. I didn't do it for very long, but it, you know, it came right up. Yeah. So probably, probably be really a strain on the system for 200 passengers yeah, to try yeah, to do that, obviously. Right. You know? They don't. Yeah. But they also have all those movies like sure. online yeah. at, in yeah. the plane. So you, you know, yeah. Yeah. But it does like it's, it's the best Wi-Fi in the air and it's included in the price of your ticket. Right. I don't want to say it's free. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. It's like my daughter got a. A free university T-shirt. Uh-huh. Sure you did, honey. <laughs> sure you did. Yeah, let me show you the checkbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, any thoughts before we uh, before we wrap this one up? No, I think you. Uh, yeah, that dead horse. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do like you guys do. Just turn off the cellular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? I, I, you know, speaking of cellular, in the last episode. We, I asked the question, why would anyone get a cellular iPad these days? Ooh, and, pick me. Okay. I will pick you. Yeah. I want to share what other listeners had yeah. to say, unless, unless it's the same reason for you. Uh, for me, it's for flight. I can update when I'm flying. I can update charts and weather and, and, uh, I mean, I do it all before I leave anyway, but okay. if I'm flying and I need to change airports and I want to download the plates for that other airport. Yeah. I'm on cellular, and at only a few thousand feet in a in a light civil. Yes, uh, yeah, you're totally within boom, range. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the other option I I was using, and my daughter took to school with her my my other iPad Mini. Uh, it was Wi-Fi only, so it had to tether to the, to the iPhone phone. if I needed to do something yeah. like that. But that makes yeah. sense. So. Okay. Ah, I like that. So, yeah, just not in 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 a crunch having yeah. the ability to just do it without. Oh, let's tether. Let's do all the other things. Right, and then I and and there's a thing. It's, it's cool. I'll show you. I got a little thing. It's about the size of a cigarette box, um, and it, it's called a Sentry, and it gives me ads be in and out, so I see other traffic. Yeah, it's a carbon monoxide detector, and it's backup AHARS attitude and heading reference. So I have digital on the iPad a, a pitch attitude indicator. That's amazing. And yeah, but it Wi-Fi's to the Sentry. Ah. And so I have to turn off that, they take that off that Wi-Fi network and tether it to my phone if I need to get, so I'm having to change networks on it. Whereas if it's cellular, I can leave that Sentry attached yep. to it and I can and still do your still thing. get the data I need downloaded. So, uh, so there's and, yet another reason, and yeah. it might even be relevant for you as a pilot, yeah. is the iPads with cellular radios also have GPS radio GPS radios in them. Yes. The the GPS receiver is part of the cellular radio. So if you get a Wi-Fi only iPad, it does not have GPS. Interesting. Right. Uh. Yes. So the, these these are the reasons and thanks to all of you who wrote in and and shared that with us. That 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 makes a lot of sense for obvious reasons. So thank you for that. Yeah, Dave, I'm not sure that's true, and I hate uh, it, just because it, the small iPad, the mini iPad we were using, we had the charts, and the charts were moving along as well, we go with it. And it but I will. I, don't know I mean, how it if you it. if I look at the specs for the iPad yeah. Mini, okay, uh, on Apple dot com, they're using some magic. I don't know what it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if I look at the specs and I look for GPS, yeah. it's only in the Wi-Fi and cellular models. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what magic they're doing, but that, that yeah. it is it is correct at least according to Apple's specs. Yeah. So if anybody knows what magic they're doing, 
Yeah, that's no. Cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, mine was a very uh, granular, specific yeah. case, but there are bunches of good reasons for yeah. I think to have cellular for sure. Um, oh, the other one is my mother didn't buy Wi-Fi for her home. Right. So her iPad is her only connection to the outside world. She's 95. She does email on her iPad, and, and it wasn't worth 50, 60 bucks a month to get Wi-Fi so she could do email. That makes sense. 15 bucks a month, I could cut. Yep. So, no, yeah. that's the that's the, the least expensive internet access yeah. th- and, and suits all of her needs. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm sorry, I've talked way too much. No, it's no, fun this to be was, back. Th- it's fun to have yeah. you back, and yeah. it's nice to have your perspective on lots of things. There's like four more topics that I want to ask you about, but we do need to like, you know, the band already started playing, so I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, Cut that thing off. We will, <laughs> we will uh, <laughs> I still got to figure out why the mixer goes into lock mode. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, should, I should Google for that, because I might be able to find an answer. Not a mixer, the control surface. Yeah. USB control surface. All right, folks, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for sending in all your tips and questions. Thanks for your feedback about everything that we do here. It's amazing. John, do you have any thoughts for them? Any places you'd like to send them? Any Anything you'd like to say, my friend? Um, Instagram. I've seen myself on Instagram. I think it's Instagram.com. Mac Geekab? It is. We're just at Mac Geekab on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So see us on Instagram. You can uh, follow us all on Twitter. He is John F. Braun. He is Pilot Pete. I'm Dave Hamilton. The show is at Mac Geekab, just like it is on Instagram, and uh, and then at Mac Observer as well. So <laughs> I don't know what yeah. sort of signs Pete's making. There we go. I was trying to point to Dave. Yeah, it's, it's John a tricky F. thing. That's he's, right. And the, for those of you listening in the car, I was trying to point in the right direction. I was trying to point, but nothing happened. No. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you next week. So make sure you go check out all our sponsors, all our deals at uh, com slash sponsors. That's where you can find the still active deals, even from past sponsors. We try and vet through that list about once a month. But if you find anything on there that's not right, let us know. Feedback at MacKeekup.com. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Thanks, John. Well, John, I I know that Pete got us into this mess, but should, who should get us out? Um, I could. You want to get us out? Get us out, man! Yeah, absolutely. And how do I get us out? I'm going to tell everyone three important words, and they are: don't get caught. Made up.